0: I'm matchmaker Maria, the founder of Agape Match. For over a decade, I've combined four generations of family matchmaking tradition with modern relationship psychology, behavioral science, and dating trends. With this unique expertise, I answer your dating and relationship questions and interview experts to give you the tools to find or keep the love of your life. This is Ask a Matchmaker. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. I'm your host, Matchmaker Maria. Before I call in this week's guests, I want to first share some really happy news, but first I also want to share some things that I just cannot get enough of these last few weeks. So there's three things. One is a book, the second is a documentary, and the third is a podcast. So first, the book. I cannot get enough of this book called the once and future sex going medieval on women's roles in society. It's written by Eleanor Janega, maybe it's pronounced Janega, whatever it is. Uh, man, has she done an incredible job of designing this blueprint for you as a reader to like understand what medieval times, like the thought process and the literature coming out of medieval times and its influence on society, but you as the reader are able to connect the dots to like today, you know, how much is our everyday interactions with people completely influenced by medieval times. And then, you know, also the medieval times, how they were influenced by the time before those times. Um, It's an incredible book. It's a really great read. I highly recommend every single person, man, woman, non-binary, you have to buy this book. It's just such a good book. So can't get enough of this book. I cannot get enough of the shiny, happy people on Amazon prime. That's a documentary. I thought going into it, it was going to be about the Duggar family. If you don't know the Duggar family, they are this family with a million kids. I'm kidding. They have 19 kids and it was a show on TLC. I never watched the show. Like I never sat down and watched it, but I remember it would be in the background sometimes when I would visit my mom, my mom watched the show. So I knew like I knew who the people were. I knew who the main people were. And then of course, in, I think in like 2015, and then again in 2019, something was going on with the eldest son, Josh Duggar. And then he was convicted of doing something really awful. And uh, now he's serving jail time, uh, rightfully so, because justice was served. Anyway, I thought this documentary was going to be about the family and it kind of is, but it's not. It's actually more kind of reminiscent of like the Scientology documentary going clear where it's, you have X, IBLP members—that is, like the church that the Duggar family belongs to—is that right? The church or the organization? I, I'm not really sure the distinction here, but um, IBLP—it's you see a lot of ex-members, um, and they talk about the teachings. They talk about, you know, discipline. They talk about education. They talk about all these things, and it's like it's really crazy and just also fascinating to see you know, now that there's like this new generation of IBLP members and how they're infiltrating politics uh, and of course, social media. uh, It's just a, it's just a very interesting documentary must watch last. I cannot get enough of this podcast called Scamanda. It's hosted by Charlie Webster. It's called Scamanda because it's about a scammer named Amanda. And that's all I'm going to tell you. That's all I'm going to tell you, because if I tell anything more, I'm going to ruin the surprise for you. But It's a really good podcast. New episodes come out every Monday. I just listened to this week's episode, man, uh, Charlie Webster. She's an incredible host uh, of a podcast and, uh, wow, just wow. 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 Can't get enough of those two things. Okay. So now to my happy news, I got a book deal. Can you believe that? I can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it because I worked really hard and, I'm so excited that this has happened, but I'm just, uh, you know, okay. So I'm going to read like the publisher's marketplace deal report that came out to announce this. Um, cause it's really fun for, for me to read my full name, the way it's written. Uh, but also, cause I think it'll tell you what I want to tell you in the happy news. So here we go. CEO of a Copy Match and host of the Dating Relationship Podcast, Ask a Matchmaker, better known as Matchmaker Maria. Maria Evcatidis-Piriotakis' Ask a Matchmaker, answering all the burning questions about navigating the current dating landscape while exploring everything from dating apps to personality typing systems and compatibility to her own proven theories and rules, equipping readers to diagnose their own relationship dilemmas and fix the mating gap. To Sally Lotts at St. Martin's Essentials at Auction by Haley Heidman at William Morris Endeavor. Yo, I got a team. I can't believe this is happening. This is like amazing. I am so excited. Uh, This is definitely like a top five life moment for me, which is why I'm taking the time to just share it with you, dear listener. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to thank you for following me on social media if you do. And I also just want to thank you in advance for buying my book when it comes out in early 2025. And I I, I just want to say like, I hope when that time happens and we have a little book tour, maybe a big book tour. Um, I meet you and like, I get to hear your story and I'm just, I just, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm just so excited to share it with you. So thank you for everything. And thank you in advance for everything that is about to come. This book is going to be amazing. And I'm so excited for you to read it. All right. Now, this week's guest is someone that we love. We've had her on before. I'm obsessed with her. It's our, it's Agape matches online dating manager and incredible dating coach, Erica Etten. Hey,
1: Erica. It's always good to be here.
0: I wanted to check out this report that just came out from Tinder called The Future of Dating 2023. And of course, decoding data, I can really only do it with my colleague, Erica Etten, who is our online dating manager. She also has like a master's in econometrics. Is Am I right here? Am I wrong? Uh,
1: no, but I don't want to correct you because that sounds very fancy. No, I studied <laughs> economics and have an MBA in finance. At
0: Georgetown.
1: And Cornell undergrad, if you're Excuse mentioning it. Excuse
0: me. So I'm talking to a smart person, trademark, and we will include a link to this in the show notes in case you want to check it out. But it is a... 16 page document technically it's like 14 pages yeah, if we get rid of a the cover, cover they have an ending my, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's really pretty and in fact it showcases the um the the new ads by tinder i just want to say something here the chief marketing officer of tinder she's been a guest on this podcast twice melissa hobley she is uh the person behind these behind this uh very inclusive Mm -hmm. um, strategy to be the app for all kinds of relationships and not just straight LGBTQ, but also all kinds of relationships and how you define those. So if you're looking for casual, if you're looking for a serious relationship, if you're looking for marriage, if you're looking for ENM, uh, this has, you know, the app has decided to take the pivot of we are everything come mm-hmm. along and come along for the ride. So let's start off, uh, okay. the Renaissance in dating driven it is very by pretty, by
1: the way, it looks like, uh, gorgeous, like the color of watermelon gum.
0: It's, it's the most beautiful report I've ever seen <laughs> visually. Like I can't stand it. Okay. So here's what it says here. Um, it says here, I'm going to, I'm going to give some statistics and then, uh, Erica going to tell us, uh, what she sees. So here we go. Dating apps have become the bonafide stepping stone into the dating pool for many singles with Tinder standing out as the number one most downloaded dating app among 18 to 25 year olds. When an app has been downloaded 530 million times globally and resulted in over 75 billion matches, it's clear that it's opening endless possibilities and fulfilling a very human need. Okay, so here's their first stat. 55% of dating app users have been in a serious relationship with someone they met on Tinder.
1: Okay. So let's just keep in mind, because you know me, I have to dig into the raw data because that's what I do. Um, Some of the statistics I love because they're based on actual Tinder bios. Just keep in mind, a lot of the data is on a study of 4,000 only, 18 to 25-year-old actively dating singles. And so I just want to keep that in mind that, you know, given that many downloads of Tinder, 4,000 is, is not statistically significant. So I just want to point that out. That's not to say that the information isn't great. I just want to point out the source information. Okay, so now go back to your question.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's no surprise. Oh, that's it. That- that's no surprise. But oh, I it's do want to- No, wanna- it's
1: no surprise. I mean, online dating, I believe it even says it in the report, is the number one way people meet people now. This yeah. surprises nobody.
0: And I think what they're also saying in the next page, it says, an interesting happened- as millennials aged up and gen Z today's 18 to mm-hmm. 25 year olds hit center stage. These digital natives felt at home online and didn't see the need for perfectly curated profiles or extensively filtered photos. Yeah, they also don't see the need for playing the mind games of your, when it comes to dating either more than half of millennials surveyed, agreed that dating is healthier for 18, 25 year olds today than it was when they were the same age.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know there's You know, people are all about authenticity. I get it. Also, for young people, 18 to 25, their entire lives are online. And so, whereas unfortunately, a lot of our older clients, I mean, we work with clients, I don't know how old the oldest one is right now. I I worked with an 86 year old recently. I mean, they even have the opportunity for a picture 20 years old, which would be a shame if they use that. But an 18 to 25 year old doesn't have that opportunity because their entire life has been online. So, it does force you to be more authentic online because that's where you live now.
0: I also see this, um, you know, just to kind of validate what they're saying here too. Mm-hmm. I see this on Instagram too and mm-hmm. on TikTok. So on TikTok, you have video, and you know, you have people like laying in their bed, double chin, and just like talking. And then on mm-hmm. Instagram, you do see the carousel photos. Some of those photos mm-hmm. are blurry. People are not necessarily looking into the camera, they're like looking away on purpose. Mm-hmm. So even uh, aesthetically things have, are just very different. I agree with that. It's funny.
1: I don't know about you, but I get comments. Well, you always look extremely put together and and beautiful, if I'm being honest. Uh, I sometimes make videos without makeup or with my hair up after I went to the gym. And it's funny, I I don't really care, but I I have gotten comments before like, oh, I like when you do that. It shows you're a real person. I'm like, well, that's good. I am a real person. (laughs) It's nice to hear, you know?
0: I am, um, I do videos on TikTok without makeup, like in my pajamas all the time. Uh-huh. My little my little sexy nightgown, mm-hmm. uh, or or my muumuu depending on the day. <laughs> um. So I. Uh, but what I do find interesting on on TikTok is that there's a lot of filters. Like a lot of people who might mm-hmm. be casual are wearing the filters and I refuse yeah. to do filters. Good. And um, shout out to Louis, who I don't think he'll listen to this episode, but if he does, he's always bugging me because he's like, the filters are there. Why aren't you using the filters? And I'm like, because I don't want to get used to that face and then look in the mirror and cry. Yeah,
1: I-, I agree with you. I feel the same way. I mean, if I'm if we're showing ourselves, I mean, you and I both put ourselves out there, might as well just actually put ourselves out there. Right. And it sounds like that's what this report is saying.
0: All right. So here we go. Okay. 69% of participating Gen Zers agree that dating standards need refreshing to fit a more modern and diverse society and that they're just the generation to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Yeah, I agree with that. So I think it says somewhere else in here that they asked these 18 to 25 year olds what like what was their, pri- what were their priorities? What was on the top of the priority list? And I did find it interesting that marriage was 10th on the tenth. priority list. And it said versus 10 years ago for 18 to 25 year olds, then it was fourth. And wow. that actually, I found both interesting and for lack of better words, good. Um, I, I think it's nice that society is changing in that way. In that yeah. I've always felt just as a per- dating coach aside, just as a person that You know certain life moments are rewarded and other ones aren't and you know marriage engagement having children and those are all worth rewarding but so are other things and i I think think it's sort of equalizing now
0: yeah but i also think that it's like the age that they're asking too i mean i would have loved the breakdown of the topic of marriage Mm -hmm. where that stands on the list of priorities 10 years ago, what was Mm -hmm. that breakdown across States Mm. versus today? Because I will tell you that like, as someone who lived in Manhattan in my Mm twenties, the idea of getting married at 25, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, what am I a child bride? Like, you know, like, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I assume it would have been the, the, not even on the top 10 for a Mm -hmm. New Yorker, but maybe someone who lives in a different state where people get married younger, like Utah. That's true. Um, it's going to be a higher priority. And I think it's interesting that now, I mean, look, it's a significant jump from fourth to 10th. That means that in certain States, it's not even on the top 30 things. If that is the average.
1: Yeah. And and we don't know the breakdown. It just says 4,000 people, but I will say on the whole, I mean, I've noticed that. I mean, now, you know, if a client comes to us, many still want to get married, of course, but a lot say I'm looking for that partnership the label is less important to me. And right. I love when I hear a client say that because it means to me that they're searching for a partner for the right reasons, not just for that label or for a ring or for a tax you know, right. break or whatever it is. I don't know. But um, so so I kind of like that. Now, granted, like you said, they're really young. So who knows?
0: All right, we got another one here. Okay. For 18 to 24 year old Tinder members, the top green flag is that they feel comfortable being themselves with their match at 86%. Mm-hmm. Whereas previous generations invested in building a relationship over time, slowly revealing deeper and more meaningful layers, Gen Z doesn't have time to peel back the onion. Because 18 to 25 year olds are happy to display their true, authentic selves from the outset, they have adopted a take it or leave it attitude, meaning that they're finally to leave any situation if that means being true to themselves. So uh, here there's a percentage, 64% of young singles are comfortable with cringy and awkward situations if it's in service of being genuine. I mean, I don't know how you define cringy
1: or awkward. What's not cringy or awkward? Um, I do think though, not just among this age group, just anecdotally, um, obviously more people are talking about mental health and therapy and self-care in their profiles Mm. and so that is a huge shift not just among the age group that they studied here but among all age groups and a lot of the sites tinder included but also bumble and hinge have options bumble in particular have options now where you can select certain interests and one of the interests is like mental health or self-care which i find kind of funny because that's an extremely nebulous thing to say like someone told me recently she went on a date and she was trying to ask the guy's interests. And he was like, Oh, yeah, working on myself. And she's you like, know. Cool. What does that mean? You know, going to therapy. You know, what, what does that mean? Reading more, you know, I was just, just working on myself.
0: Okay. I've had, that, I've had that with some clients lately. I've been Yeah. So them, it's like, like, I think what do the you do buzzwords are great.
1: <laughs> I think the buzzwords are actually, I think they're fine as long as you know for yourself what actually goes into them.
0: You know, what's very interesting about this generation, Gen Z, is that they're now consuming media that you and I grew up with, and they're they're looking at it from a place of like, this is really cringy or this is mm-hmm. not PC or whatever. And I'll I'll give you a few examples, right? When okay. you watch old episodes of Sex in the City.
1: Oh, I know. They yeah.
0: have not they have not aged well. They didn't age well mm-hmm. that quickly then anyway, but especially now with with the social evolution that we have, right? Mm -hmm. And rightfully so. Um, Similarly, I would say about the um, America's Next Top Model. Okay. The way that show would get canceled or just not be made period in in today's time. And now Mm -hmm. you watch Gen Z watching it and they're like, which at the time, I don't think, you know, we're like, okay, this is interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. now it's like, oh God, this is really camp and mortifying. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've never and, watched that one. Oh, you never watch? I, no, I, I go on TikTok and watch. I'll, I'll, I'll go on TikTok and I'll watch. I like watching Gen Z consume this media and like give their takes. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's fascinating to me to see how they view things.
1: Yeah. Okay. I also saw um, in the study that, and I thought this was interesting, the mention of love languages is up 50% in profile. So people are listing their love languages. Now I do think, and tell me if you agree or not, there are a lot, you know, like I just said, there are a lot of buzzwords out there these days that I do believe are overused. Um, I think, uh, while I think love language is really important, I don't think it's that important in a profile to be perfectly honest. I think it's important with your partner.
0: I think love languages are not they're being used for comedy and not for what they really are. I would tell you that I would say the majority of people using love language in their profiles have never read the book.
1: Yeah, or they say tacos are my love language. Right. And it's like, okay. I just, I think love languages are great when you're with a partner because love languages are how you receive love Love. from your partner. So in a vacuum or outside of having a part, it doesn't matter that my love language is gifts because- I don't want,
0: is it, is it it's gifts? words of
1: affirmation and gifts? Yeah. Um, you're going to send me something <laughs> now. I have to, I love gifts.
0: Um, I knew, I knew you were words of affirmation.
1: Yeah. Words oh. of affirmation and gifts.
0: Now oh, that good I know time, that that's good
1: to know. physical touch, eh. like exit service. Eh. I like gifts. Anyway, <laughs> so, so, well i think it might be interesting to see in a profile i don't really think it adds much value because it's really how you relate to the person you're with i also think men in general overuse yeah my love language is physical touch we know we got it you like to touch yeah
0: self-care comes in at number four in the list of the most attractive interests on tinder yeah so it should be no surprise that gen z isn't interested in feeling burnt out by dating that's why 70 percent of young singles agree that dating without intention or not knowing what you want first is better left for amateur hour. Whoa. That's different. That's cool.
1: Yeah. I think it's important to date with intention, but I also think the opposite. It's important to date and just meet new people and see what value they might bring to your life and vice versa. Because like we said earlier, this like hard line, like take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That just seems so harsh to me. Like not everyone is going to be your person. (laughs) In fact, most people won't be your person. That doesn't mean they can't bring value to you. And maybe I'm interpreting it differently than it was meant to be interpreted. But anyway.
0: (laughs) No, I I totally get it. Um, Okay, here we go. Young singles are being pragmatic 89% in the way that they date and are making up for lost time. 77% of Tinder members reply to a crush I within 30 minutes, 40% mm-hmm. respond within five minutes and over a third reply immediately. This mindfulness to avoid wasted time is converting online connections into offline meetups at a quicker pace, with 51% of Gen Zers surveyed agreeing that they're constantly looking for ways to fit dating around their daily schedules. You know, I'd be curious is how many, what is the percentage of people that have been on a date in the last six months? Now there is, I just wanna skip ahead and then I'll let you talk. Over two thirds, 68% of surveyed users say that they use dating apps while at work. And 32% have even met up with a date during the workday. Mm-hmm. So we already now have a number here that the 32% of people are going out. Okay. I'm just curious, like how many, cause I remember, do you remember like match group, match.com? Mm-hmm. They had put that study out. Yeah, we talked like, about it. 2018, right? 2016. I don't remember. Something like only 19% of people. What's the, have met in person. <laughs> I don't want to misquote. I don't remember. Yeah, it was something insane. And I was like, what? But clearly things have changed. And now we're talking about a different generation. What do you have to say about this? So I did
1: find it interesting that it said that 77% of people reply within 30 minutes. However, what I was wondering is I don't believe they factored in the number that doesn't reply at all. Okay. So I'm guessing if you factor in all the zero replies, which is most it would be a much lower number. Now of the people who reply to messages, I think 77% replying in 30 minutes is pretty darn incredible. I just wish it factored in what is that number when you put back all the zeros. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Okay. Totally. But
1: it was much higher than I thought. And it just shows that people are living in their phones.
0: I've got another one here. 88% of surveyed singles say they're interested in going on a sober date this year.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I think that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't mean they will. It means they're interested.
0: You know what's funny? I was listening to this podcast the other day and she was talking about sober dating. Mm -hmm. And the person asked them like, so you're not going to be drinking at all? And Mm -hmm. that person's like, well, no, I'll have a cocktail.
1: Well, that's not sober dating. And
0: and that's what I said. I screamed it at my like radio thinking like, you know, this person can hear me. <laughs> but I was like, that's not sober dating. So now I'm like, wait, do they, do, do, does Gen Z know what sober means? Or does, do they think sober means not drunk? Not, tipsy? I'm not sure.
1: That's a really good question. And I think sober is the wrong word to use. You can go on dates and not drink. Yeah. It's like alcohol free dates would probably be what I would call it because sober, I mean, people strive to be sober. I mean, we know, obviously, there are programs and everything. And so, yeah, I, I know sober curious has become a, a term, but I don't want to, you know, I don't know enough to speak about alcoholism, but right. I wouldn't want to conflate those two things. And so I think alcohol free dates is the actual, actual what they should be calling it. Regardless, no, I think it's great. I I I still find that most of my clients, granted they are older than 18 to 25, do want to go for a drink on a first date. I do, however, encourage them in the summer or when it's really nice out to go on a walking date or grab a coffee and walk their dogs because you might as well take advantage of the good weather. But I find that most are still, um, are still going out for a drink. I will say just going out my, you know, with friends, there are a lot more non-alcoholic beverage options now on menus. I'm seeing like fancy alcohol-free cocktails and I sort of love that.
0: Let me read this part now. So this part is, I'm gonna skip over to the world is my neighborhood. Okay. Two thirds, 66% of members surveyed agree. Tinder allows them to date more people outside of their friendship circle or connect them with someone they would otherwise never have met in their day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. The butterfly effect this has had in dating cannot be understated. What started as an experiment in breaking people out of their immediate social bubbles has coalesced into dating, becoming more diverse racially, mm-hmm. culture and geographically than ever before. Mm-hmm. So skipping over here. of passport users. That's like a feature where you can change your geography on an app have, um, said that they don't travel to the place they have passport to directly after which suggests that Tinder members have a strong interest in exploring possibilities outside their immediate network.
1: Yeah. So in layman's terms, yeah. so you can upgrade, you can pay Mm -hmm. on Tinder on most apps on Bumble. It's called, uh, travel mode on tinder it's passport and on hinge you can do it for free you can just change your location on the map and what they're saying here is it used to be that you would quote passport you would pay the extra i i look i tried tinder in 2012 when it came out i remember i was traveling to san francisco and i wanted a lunch date i really just wanted to try this restaurant and so i put my little passport in san francisco matched with someone a week in advance Scheduled a date, had lunch with him when I was there. Most people were using it for that purpose, set up dates for by the time they get there. Now what they're saying is people are just more curious to see what it's like matching in other cities. And it said that the top five cities people passport to, but don't necessarily actually ever travel to is LA first, uh, New York, London, Paris, and Tokyo. I thought that was interesting.
0: That is interesting.
1: Oh, I, I, one thing back to the alcohol thing. I did find it funny. They said the use of the wine emoji went down 40% and the use of the beer emoji went down 25% in people's profiles. I thought that was hilarious. Clearly I wrote down what I found interesting, which is emojis.
0: So this is interesting in the next uh, section, uh, which is labeled and everyone is my neighbor. Gen Z's acceptance of difference also resonates in their more open and inclusive approach to gender and sexuality. They Mm -hmm. are after all the most fluid generation when it comes to both things. This is a cohort that is most likely to identify as LGBTQIA plus and reject traditional gender role mm-hmm. on Tinder. We see that the fact that this LGBTQIA members are now the fastest growing group on Tinder mm-hmm. and members aged 18 to 25 that identify as LGBTQIA have more than doubled in the last two years. Yeah. I found um, that fascinating. Yeah. According to a recent survey of young daters ages 18 to 25, 33% agree that their sexuality is more fluid and Mm -hmm. 29% say their gender identity has become more fluid in the past three years.
1: Yeah, and it said that um, there was a 30% increase in identities selected other than male, female since 2021. So basically now that we have other things to choose from besides male and female, there's a 30% increase in people who use those other options with non-binary being the most increased. That is fascinating. Do you ever wonder, I mean, maybe I shouldn't wonder out loud, but do you wonder, is it because the choices are there now that people are using them? And just didn't have a way of identifying before or is it more prevalent now
0: like more people happen to be yeah i don't think it's that i think
1: or there was no way of expressing it before. Was, i think it's a little of each
0: i think I the think world is more i think there's inclusive. a third category that one i think it's that 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 now that we have the word to describe yeah. certain right. experiences hmm it's like every time I meet, I've had clients that are gay and they Mm -hmm. married and these clients are specifically over 50 and they were married to women. Yeah. And when you ask them about like that, they're like, some of them, not all of them will say, there were just no gay people on TV. I didn't know anyone gay in my community. So I just felt like, okay, well, I like this person. I'm going to marry them. And then eventually it's like, oh wait, I'm gay. (laughs) And I have, I haven't heard that just from like one person. I've heard this like, enough times where I'm like, whoa, this is like a trend for people over 50 who didn't grow up with the images that you and I grew up with sure, or the vocabulary being used, the language. And Mm -hmm. I think that does affect, I think if people can see themselves in the media that they're consuming, uh-huh. And they have the vocabulary to like define. Well, I think that. that's
1: it. The vocabulary. I mean, if you yeah. have a drop-down box that says male, female, like on most doctor's offices things, or if you go on one of the dating sites and now you can drop down the box and it says male, female, and then a litany of other choices, then it's nice that you have the words to express the choice you
0: want to make. Right, and and I feel like don't hold me at this, but I feel like, OKCupid Cupid had done it a really long time ago. They did it a
1: long time ago. They were at the forefront of this. I totally agree. The one thing, you know, this is interesting. The one thing that I thought was actually a problem in OKCupid Cupid when they did it was they let people write in their own pronouns, which I think is good, except, I mean, at least you could rule these people out quickly. You had some real jerks in there who would just write in, you know, clown stuff for their pronouns and think they were being funny. Right. And it, again, at least, you know, that's not some in general for that's people. we work with. No not, for me. It's an immediate no. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Should we even call it dating as the next slide? Uh, I just want to go over this, that top three things, 18 to 25 year old singles are looking for right now are companionship, friendship, or a situation ship. <gasps> oh, hello. Nice girl. Even in speaking to casual relationships young singles believe they are primarily about bond building and spending intimate and affectionate time with someone new rather than casual sex alone.
1: Okay. Getting to
0: know people and having an opportunity to know them deeply is still an invigorating pursuit for Gen Zers to that point a recent study of singles aged 18 to 25 found that building strong relationships has increasingly become a priority for them. So this mm-hmm. part like kind of confuses me if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, me too. It it actually listed some words, most of which I, I understand, but words that Gen Z is using now. We hear all the time vibing. We're vibing. Okay. Does that mean they're dating? Does that mean they're going for a walk in the neighborhood? And I think that's what it's trying to say. They don't want to def- let it be ambiguous for people. We're vibing. They also said kicking it, which I don't know. Um, deep like. Is that like what we said? I like like you. That's a deep like, I had to look up the next one. I'm not going to lie. Do you know what sneaky link is? I did not. What is it? Sneaky link is a term used to describe a person that someone is secretly hooking up with. It's a slang word denoting your secret affair. I did not know that one. Situationship obviously. And so all of these terms, I personally, and granted I generally am working with people older than the demographic we're talking about here. I personally love the word date because that to me shows your intention. If you want to ask someone out, I don't believe in saying, let's hang out. Let's grab a coffee. Let's right. go on a date. And I actually encourage all of our clients to, when they set up a date and I've posted this before, when they're confirming the date, I love for them to say it's a date.
0: Oh yeah. I love that. That's and that favorite. way
1: there is no question about it.
0: Yeah. And so, date I
1: mindset. mean, I, it, it, so, so. I'm not saying I disagree with this. I I actually agree that um, Gen Z is using words that sort of confuse, are we dating? Are we not? I mean, a lot of people, and I learned half of this from The Bachelor, which whatever, for better or for worse, a lot of them say, yeah, we're talking. Mm. That often means they're sleeping together. But they say we're talking or we're vibing or some of these other things. And so I do find it interesting that you sort of have to read between the lines a lot more. than you used to have to, you know, there's no more going steady.
0: Right. And I guess my conclusion to all of this, and that's the end of the report, basically, um, there are some words uh, at the end with, uh, by Paul Brunson, uh, who's actually been a guest on this podcast uh, and a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's Tinder's global expert in relationship insights. So he has his conclusions at the end of the study that you can read. I have the link in the show notes, but my conclusions to this as someone who's seeing it from five steps ahead i feel like because i'm a matchmaker that works with people who want to get in seriously ships and hope yeah. and some of those people want to have children there is currently as studies are showing and um there is a dating and mating gap and if with the new generations not necessarily defining things they just want to vibe mm-hmm. um i my hypothesis is that either the dating and meeting gap will become even bigger. Um, and then maybe because of that, and this is just a hypothesis, maybe we'll see co-parenting structures be formed through, by friends, not necessarily romantic partners.
1: That's interesting.
0: Huh. But this is like 15 years in the future that I'm I'm thinking about Gen Z of what, what kind yeah. of parents they'll be when they're 40.
1: I mean, I think when it comes down to it, There's always a need for companionship. Like, I don't believe that's ever going to go away. And I think, even though there's a huge uptick in non monogamy, and that's another one I have the same kind of inner thought. Is that simply more prevalent now, or do we have more words to explain what people were doing before anyway?
0: Personally, I think it's the second, personally and professionally, I believe it's the second thing we have the words.
1: I think it's some of both. I don't know. Okay. But if you see something happening more, are you more inclined to try something new that you didn't know existed? I I think it's a little of both. Regardless, um, most of who we work with, and I know it's a a self-selecting group, are looking for a monogamous relationship. And I generally still think that the majority, and majority could be just 51%, of people are going to continue looking for a monogamous relationship because when it comes down to it, people like to feel safe and they like to feel stable. And I love that there are so many different options for what types of relationships work for different people. I think that's wonderful because there is no one size fits all. Just like we were talking about before, marriage is not end game for everybody, nor should it be, because it's not right for everybody. Um, and so going forward, I I think there's going to be changes on the margins, you know, how we talk about dating and maybe like co-parenting, like you said, but when it comes down to it, I think there's a biological need that most people have that they want a partner.
0: Yeah. No, those are my uh, hot takes. I like your hot takes. I'm so happy you popped on to this. Let's I'm excited. I'm excited to see how Gen Z comes out and I appreciate Tinder releasing this beautiful Yes. I like, like just God, want to chew is. some
1: watermelon gum now. Gee yeah.
0: whiz. Like it even smells good. Even <laughs> though I'm looking at it on my screen, it's. No, I can maybe just that's just my perfume. You're smelling
1: over Zoom, right? Is now. that what
0: it is? No. Yeah, no, no, no. It smells like sweet. I can see it. <laughs> uh, lady Erica, thank you so much for hopping on oh, the Ask thank the Matchmaker podcast. And if you want to work with Erica or with me, link in bio to schedule an info call so we can talk about your options. Can't wait. And don't forget to follow Erica on Instagram at a little nudge. I'll include that link in the show notes too. And thank you for listening to ask a matchmaker. If you'd like to speak to me on an upcoming hotline episode, follow me on Instagram at matchmaker Maria. That's where I post a link and we'll chat then until then you can learn more about what I do or enroll in an upcoming agape intensive by visiting agapematch.com. Thank you again for listening to Ask a Matchmaker. Be lovable and more importantly, be likable. See you next week.